The reading today is from John 6, verses 60 to 69. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but some of you do not believe me. For Jesus knew from the beginning which ones didn't believe, and he knew who would betray him. Then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Good morning and hello to all of you in THCC. I want to just say thank you so much for the privilege of being part of your service today. What a great honour and privilege it is. Uh, bring greetings and thanks to Tony and to uh, Bex, in fact, uh, the whole of the leadership team. Tony and Annie, we love you. And uh, it is a great joy to be able to spend some time opening God's word with you today. Uh, I'd also want to just commend you as being one of the churches I'm most fond of when I hear of all the things that you're doing in your local community and across the nations, I can see that God's given you a massive heart. You're a big hearted church. And uh, I really just love that about you. I love your commitment to diversity, to love your local community, uh, but also to make a difference in the nations. And uh, just keep going. God has got a great future for you, even as he's doing great things through you now, even in this moment. I bring greetings from myself and Helen, my wife, and all the leaders and members of Wellspring Church over in Watford, uh, the other side of London, and uh, just want to send greetings. But I guess most significantly, I, I bring greetings, if you like, in the name of Jesus. And the one who unites us is with us in our worship today. And we're praying that as we open his word, as we look into the words that we've just heard and uh, we come to him with humble hearts and say, Lord Jesus, teach us more of who you are. Uh, and there's, in many ways, there's no better place to go than the Gospels and to be exploring, as we have been, the questions uh, that the Gospel asks of us even today. Now, we're going to be looking, as you know, uh, in John's Gospel, and John paints, uh, he does all that he can. In fact, the whole purpose of his Gospel is to paint, if you like, a 4K high-resolution picture of Jesus. And the reason John wrote his Gospel, he says, is so that those who read and hear the story may believe. In other words, that they would not just uh, read and be entertained or even informed or educated but actually John wrote that people might see Jesus for who he is and then make a response and we're going to be talking about that a little bit today about today making our response today really matters and friends I want to say to you maybe this is just for one specific person watching today is going to be a day you don't forget because uh, today is a day of making a big choice and I'll invite you to make that choice before we finish our time together today. In fact, the title for today's message is Today's Big Choice. 
Now in John's gospel, he beautifully crafts his gospel and he has Jesus, presents Jesus as uh, making many statements about who he is, the I am statements. He says he's the light of the world. He says he's the gate for the sheep. Jesus claims in John's gospel uh, to be the good shepherd. Uh, he also claims to be the resurrection and the life and the way, the truth and the life. Some bold, massive claims. And in making these claims in John's gospel, we are compelled to make a response. Do we accept who Jesus says he is? Now, in the reading that we've just heard, uh, in, it's part of a larger chapter, obviously, in chapter six of John. Uh, it's all about bread. In fact, Jesus says a couple of times in John chapter six, he is the bread of heaven uh, in verse 41. And then he goes on to say in verse 48, I think it is, I am the bread of life. Now, he says this having actually fed 5,000 men plus women and children uh, in the miracle of uh, the multiplication of the bread. So Jesus feeds their stomachs. And in fact, because of this great miracle, a whole crowd of people are following Jesus around. And he critiques them and criticizes them and says, look guys, are you just following me because, because you want to be fed or you want to see another miracle? Uh, he then enters into discussions in the early and middle parts of John chapter 6 about the manna from heaven in the Old Testament in the time of Moses. And there's loads of incredible statements that he makes. And the deeper and deeper he goes into this mystery about being the bread of life, the bigger and bigger the challenge becomes for those people. Now, we all know about the quest for daily bread. In fact, if we think about it, uh, th this is a universal thing in almost every country in the world. There is a form of daily bread. There's naan bread, there's focaccia, there is the, the New York bagel, the English crumpet, uh, tortilla, I don't know what your favourite type, chapati, whatever. Uh, these types of bread, uh, every kind of culture seems to have its own kind of bread. And the reason is because our, our, our bodies require bread, if you like, uh, even just to live through the day. We need our daily bread. Uh, but Jesus uses this whole idea of daily bread and actually says that there's something much deeper. In fact, there's a deeper hunger in our hearts for more than just bread for our bodies. But actually, we hunger, all of us, for eternal nourishment if you like for eternal life not just for life today but for eternal life we have a universal hunger and and you're watching this today and you know that because even when your stomach can be full perhaps even if you've got all the stuff you think you need around you actually deep down there's a deep longing for the eternal life-giving relationship with God that is like a spring of living water inside us as Jesus promised in John chapter 4. You see we all have this hunger for the bread of heaven and Jesus makes this claim and he says he is the bread of heaven. Uh, there's a bread that satisfies in a way that nothing this world can provide actually satisfies. It's him. And I want to speak to you directly today, even now, and to say today's big choice is about choosing to draw nourishment from Jesus himself and looking nowhere else. 
Now in this, uh, this chapter, in John chapter 6, let's have a look at it. Um, we've already heard some of it read. Just before the passage that we heard read, um, Jesus makes these really quite outrageous statements. And even to our minds today, uh, they sound kind of strange. He says in verse um, 54, he says, But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink now in the first century to the people that sounded that sounded odd it sounds strange all of their categories about how life works and uh, and certainly the idea of eating flesh is abhorrent it's absurd uh, even so much even to us today i mean the thought of eating someone's flesh that's disgusting that's the stuff of horror movies that's not coming from the pure Christian faith and yet Jesus says you must eat my flesh, another eat my flesh. Now some have taken this to being a hint forward to the Last Supper and to uh, the the ceremony, the sacrament if you like of communion and, and us taking Jesus in. This is the language that is used when uh, Jesus describes taking him in as the, the living water, other places in John's Gospel. There's a mystery around this that we mustn't lose. Jesus is blowing their minds. He's, he's upsetting their categories. And so it causes them to really ask some deep questions. It says in verse 60, many of his disciples says, this is very hard to understand. Or some translations say, this is, these are hard teachings. How can anyone accept it? That's a good question, Jesus. Jesus, how are you meant to how are we meant to understand what you're saying to us, Jesus? Eat your flesh and drink your blood. That sounds so strange and odd. Uh, and Jesus says, what I'm teaching you is spirit and life. Jesus is confident in what he's saying about himself and even about how he wants people to respond. He wants them to take him in as the bread of heaven, as the bread of life. And yet Jesus is shattering their categories and blowing their minds. It says in um, verse 61, Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? In other words, if this blows your mind, what I'm saying now, what about what you're going to see? I'm going to heaven. He said, I, he, here he claims the divinity of God. He claimed to be divine. He's the bread of heaven. He's come from heaven and he's going back to heaven. He said, if you can't take this, then what are you going to make of what comes next and then next and then next? Uh, he says, what I'm giving is, is spirit and life. I'm telling you the, the truth. And it says many disciples he goes on this is why I said people can't come to me unless the father gives them to me and there's a, a mystery in here that I still don't fully understand and and maybe you're still trying to figure this out as well uh, Jesus talks about those that he's chosen he knows those who will respond to him uh, what a what a mystery that is because here evidently there is complete free choice because he says, it says at this point in verse 66, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. The language there is they turned back. They turned their back on Jesus. They were following after him and then they turn around. They turn back, turn their back to Jesus. 
You see, they, they were happy when he was feeding their bodies, but they weren't happy when he was blowing their minds, when he was rearranging their categories and, and reordering their priorities uh, and upsetting their idea of religion, I guess. Many disciples turned away. And then Jesus asks this question, which I believe he asks of us on a daily basis, if you like. He turns to the twelve. These are those that have given up their jobs, given up everything to follow Jesus. They've spent all these months travelling around Galilee and back and forth to Jerusalem. And they've, been, they, they've given themselves completely. They're his twelve. And he says to them, are you also going to leave? And he gives them that choice. Are you also going to leave? Now in a moment we're going to look at how the disciples, how the twelve responded when he asked that question, are you also going to leave? And perhaps he asked us that question as well. What is your answer today? Are you also going to leave? That's today's big choice. I'll be back in a moment. Hello my THCC family. Um and guests. My name's Danielle and I am really happy today to be sharing a little testimony with you guys. Um, I guess I'll start out by saying that um, one of my favorite books is called The Pilgrim's Progress and it's uh, written by John Bunyan and it's probably, I think it's besides the Bible, one of the most best-selling books of all time and it um, if you're not familiar with it, it um, is an I think allegory, maybe is the right word. Um, it's a story about um, a man's um, salvation um, from his sin um, and his journey toward heaven. And he encounters loads of people along the way um, who are named quite literally for the um, for how they impact his life. Anyway, so um, I'm going to reflect on that a little bit um, throughout this testimony, but this is a really great uh, story. Some of the English is a bit tough, but if you can find an updated version to read, I'd recommend it. Um, anyways, um, I've always been reflecting how during this time in lockdown, um, I've had probably about every six weeks or so um, a rough two days where I get a bit overwhelmed and start doubting um, God or finding um, it difficult to trust what's going on and being fearful. And um, one of those times about a month ago, I was walking in Millwall Park, which I have spent more time in that park over the past three months than I had in the previous nine years but thank God for parks and it's a great park um, so I was there with my kids and they were playing and I was quite um, discouraged at this time and um, overwhelmed anyway uh, as I was walking in the park I noticed that um, my favorite bus driver was coming through the park as well and um, I hadn't seen him for a few months 
I think I had spoken to him once in ASDA and we quickly um, discovered that we were both uh, share faith in Jesus. And so I, when I saw him coming this day, a month ago, I started um, just chatting with him and um, he, I don't remember if I said I was discouraged or not, but he basically just encouraged me one after the next with Bible verses and reminding um, me about putting faith in Jesus and not to fear and that um, greater is Jesus in me than, than, than the devil who's in the world. Um, anyways, yeah, just loads of Bible verses. It was basically, I did say to him at the end, I said, if you stop being a bus driver, consider being a preacher. Um, but uh, I also asked him if he would mind if I took a picture of us together. So maybe over here, if video, video editing um, can uh, be so kind as to edit it in, is a phot photograph of uh, Patrick and I. So if you were ever on the D7 um, here in Tower Hamlets and you see a very friendly, smiley man, do say hello to him and God bless him if, uh, if you uh, feel so bold as to share in faith. But... I was just so encouraged that, you know, along our journey of faith, we can share burdens with one another when we are Christians and we can pray for one another and we can also share in each other's joys, which is wonderful. Um, but it was just a, just a really great gift from God that on that particular day, um, he sent someone to encourage me. And I do hope that um, Patrick was also encouraged by, you know, seeking out the word of God and encouraging um, me. I, I, I know that I, it's also encouraging when you can encourage someone else. So um, I was just so grateful to God and it just really um, has really helped a lot. Anyway, um, so this is Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that, brings, that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed pure with water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, um, yeah, I, I just want to encourage you guys to um, preach to yourself daily and and to one another as, as you have opportunity to remind one another about um, the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, because that is what will help us persevere um, um, as saints. And um, I guess just to close, I want to read a quote from the Pilgrim's Progress. It says, this hill, though high, I covet to ascend. The difficulty will not me offend, for I perceive the way of life lies here.
Come, pluck up heart, let's neither faint nor fear. Better though difficult, the right way to go, than wrong, though easy, where the end is well. God bless you guys. Bye. Hello again. A few moments ago, we found ourselves in one of the most challenging verses in this section of John, and that is the direct question to the Twelve. After he'd made bold statements about who he is and who he was, he looks to them while many people are walking away, just turning their back on Jesus, while many are effectively are kind of betraying him. They believe Jesus, but not that much. They kind of walked away. Well, while that happens, Jesus turns to the 12. I believe with total love in his eyes and with complete freedom available to them. And he says to the 12, are you also going to leave? Don't you think it's incredible that Jesus gives them that choice? And don't you think it's incredible that our loving Saviour gives us that choice today? That is today's big choice even today. Are we also going to leave? And Jesus lets us. He lets us wander. This is the heart of God the Father to give us freedom, even to make ridiculous and, and terrible choices. God is a God of love. He's not a God of control or manipulation. He's not a puppeteer controlling our every move. I think some, some people, when they talk about God being controlled, they imagine him as some uh, with a marionette and all the strings are attached to all our limbs. And that's how God exercises the control. But I think this shows us that God is not controlling, even though he's in control. Uh, he, he shows through this question of Jesus We've got freedom. You and I have got freedom today to choose Jesus or to walk away. And at least one of you is watching today. I just know it in my spirit. One of you is watching this and actually you're on the brink of walking away. Maybe other family members, other people around you have drifted in their relationship to God and have started to walk away from Jesus and make those kind of choices. And the question to you today, my brother or sister, wherever you're watching this. The choice is yours today. This is personal. Are you also going to leave? Now Jesus had fed the 5,000. He had nourished their bodies and then he started to show who he really is, not just through material miracles but actually through a demonstration of the new categories of heaven which are entirely different from our intellectual capability to understand them he blows their minds and he blows our minds today do you know he will not fit into a rationalistic box of course our faith stands up to rigor of course uh, Jesus, the, the historical Jesus requires us to make a response. Of course, our faith has incredible intellectual integrity to it. But at the end of the day, uh, Jesus is asking us to believe in him, uh, to, to act on that belief and to give our lives to him, not because it makes perfect sense, but because we choose to believe in our hearts, not because of our systematic theology, but because of a heart rendered and given over to him. So he reorganises our priorities and that's uncomfortable. And we could say, well, does, are we going to stay or are we going to, should I stay or should I go? 
I encourage you today to keep walking forward and don't slip back. For sure, he rearranges our categories and our theologies and our nice, neat, compartmentalised Christian religion often gets upset by Jesus because he doesn't fit into religion. Jesus didn't come to establish a religious system. He came to show us what the Father was like and to invite each and every one of us, regardless of our intellectual capacity, into a loving, lifelong, in fact, eternal relationship with him, the bread of heaven. So what is the response? Jesus says to the twelve, are you going to leave also? And Simon Peter, and it would be Simon Peter, wouldn't it? This, this reminds us in Mark's gospel where uh, he's the one who makes the declaration, you are the Christ. This is John's kind of equivalent uh, in his gospel. And Simon Peter says, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Or some translations and some manuscripts say you are the Christ, the Holy One of God. Uh, here Peter makes his declaration and once again he speaks on behalf of the other 11. And he says, where else would we go, Jesus? You've got the words of eternal life. You are the bread of life. You, you have eternal life. Your words are like daily bread for our souls. Where else would we go? What a confession of faith that is. Do you know, COVID is, has upset a lot of the things that we depend upon and, and much of what we built our life upon is now proven to be kind of straw. Many of the foundations that we were building on are just sand, our economy, other things like that. Some of the things we thought were important have, were cancelled for months and we survived. Even the Premier League, can you imagine? We survived months without football. Uh, it's because it's not that important. And we, we've discovered again some things that are really important as we're drawn to our knees in prayer. As we found ourselves isolated and alone, uh, we've realised that Jesus is enough. He's one that we really need. Where else would we go? To the stock market, to an employer, to Netflix? No, we, we go to Jesus. He alone has the words of eternal life. Where would we turn to? I want to encourage you today, if you've not put all of your life in, in the hands of Jesus as your saviour, if you've not given up all of your shame, in fact, if you've not surrendered your heart and your mind to a loving relationship with Jesus, I would love to give you the opportunity before we finish to do that today. That is today's big choice, to give it all over to Jesus. So Peter says, where else would we go? Interestingly, and I've included this, uh, in the talk today because it's important. Uh, John ends his chapter, then Jesus says, I chose the 12 of you, but one of you is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, one of the 12, who would later betray him. I find that deeply challenging. And John includes that to say, look, even of the 12 that declared that they believed in it, or Simon did on their behalf, uh, Judas was amongst them and he was a matter of, I guess, months from betraying Jesus even unto his death and of course Judas regretted that betrayal but John includes that and at several points in his gospel he points out that Judas is still there uh, and actually there's deep hurt and pain I believe in how John writes this verse, this uh, gospel because because it really hurt that Judas was following after all that time and then in the end betrayed do you know it's possible for each and every one of us 
to, to try and hold God to the belief statements we made before, the declarations of trust that we made before. Like in the House of Commons, uh, if you remember days when that was full and someone would say, I'd like to refer the right honourable gentleman to the answer I gave some moments ago. A prime minister might say that. Some of us are a bit like that with the Lord and, or even with uh, the church or people around us. And we say, do you know, I, I'm a Christian. I'd like to refer you to a decision I made when I was six. Uh, do you know, uh, what matters today is today's choice. What matters today is who we choose. And I believe we get an opportunity today, fresh and new, like freshly baked bread. We get an opportunity to make a fresh decision to keep following Jesus forward, whatever the cost, even if other people walk away. Now, when I was 17 years old, uh, I, I, I became a Christian, a follower of Christ in different stages. When I was four, I decided I didn't want to go to hell. I'd rather spend eternity with Jesus. And so I made a commitment at age of four. At different stages, I was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit at 12. Uh, same kind of time, I was baptised uh, in water. Clearly, those were really profound experiences and really important uh, for my life and for what God has done in my life since. But it was really at the age of 17 at sixth form, when surrounded by people who are questioning the authority of scripture and the integrity of anyone's faith in Jesus, that I realised even if every last one of my friends in that classroom in Hewitt sixth form in Norwich, I remember being in the tower block where our form room was, a big debate and argument came up and I had a choice to make. And it wasn't the choice of my best friend, it was my choice. I had a choice to make. Would I stand up for Jesus? And I really believe it was in that moment I, I made that big choice. Lord Jesus, I'm going to stand for you whatever the cost. Even if all my friends leave me, even if I have no friends, I have you. I believe our decision to follow Jesus is that big. And maybe for some of us from different ethnic and religious backgrounds, realise the extent of that cost. A member of Wellspring Church a number of years ago was from a very staunch jihadist Islamic family. And when she became a Christian and got baptised in the open air here in Watford, her family just, it, it was divisive. In the end, she chose Jesus above her family. That's a big choice. Now, my choice at the age of 17 was significant, but also so too is my choice today, and so is yours. You see, Jesus is our daily bread. Will we turn to him, the bread of heaven today, and not just practice of religion, but will we eat and draw for him? That ultimately is today's choice. Lord Jesus, where else would we go? You, you are the bread of heaven. You have the words of eternal life. And I want to speak to you today, just as I come in to land with this message, I want to speak to you today, if you are not at this point and you've not made a confession to be a follower of Christ, I invite you in this moment as we pray. And as this service uh, continues, to make a firm decision wherever you are, in your lounge, your bedroom, your office, out and about in the park or in the garden, wherever you are, 
Do you know what? The Spirit of Jesus is with you. God is with you by his Holy Spirit and he hears your prayers right now. And if you haven't made a confession of trust and faith in Jesus, you can make that as your big choice today. And I encourage you to do that and we'll pray to that end in a moment. But I also want to say, if you've been following Jesus for a while and you're tempted to drift away, make a choice today. Please make a choice to not just drift away because of uncomfortable things or because some things don't make sense or because your theologies are, are not all neat and tidy. Jesus asks you and I today, while many drift away and give their lives and their money and their energies to other things other than the kingdom of God, Jesus gives us that choice today and says, so you also going to leave? And my encouragement to you is to say, no, Jesus, where else would I go? And if you're in a place where you're making big life decisions, where you've got challenges this week in your workplace ministry, in your family, you've got decisions to make. Make a choice today to do whatever pleases and honours Jesus because he alone has the words of eternal life. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I pray first for those who are very early in their stages of following you. Maybe they've seen you do some amazing things. Maybe they've heard about you. Maybe they're joining online right now and and they're new to this whole thing. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would draw them close to your Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy One of God. And I pray for those that are reaching out to you now, that they, as they call on the name of Jesus, as they call out to Jesus, that you'd hear their prayer. Renew their life, where their sin and shame replace it with joy and life and eternal life. Yeah, so call on his name, call on the name of Jesus and know that he hears you. And Lord, I pray also for all of those who call themselves Christians, who claim, like myself, to be a follower of you. Lord Jesus, I pray you teach us what it means to really follow you, to make a choice today to follow you, to give our whole lives to you today not to refer to you to what happened before, but to make a choice today. And that is what we do today. We say, Jesus, uh, even though it doesn't all make sense, I choose to follow you. I choose to believe. I will not betray you today. And instead I say, Lord, you have the words of eternal life. Lead and guide me today. And in this week ahead, Lord, may the decisions I make uh, reflect the decision I make in this moment. Lord Jesus, I'm following you. Help me to do that by the power of your Holy Spirit and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening and God bless you all.